What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Concealed Carry Texas podcast. Please hit that like and subscribe button and leave a review, hopefully a five-star review. It'll help others looking for gun or concealed carry content find us. If you like what you hear, please share this podcast and follow me on Instagram at Concealed Carry Texas Podcast. So, um, opening up this episode two, I know it's been a while since I have gotten anything out or been able to get to this, but we've had a lot going on. Um, We just brought our first child home. And it's been a lot. We've been adjusting, we've been learning, but it's been great. It's been exciting. So um, I've been a little behind on on the podcast. It's been on the back burner a little bit, but I'm going to try to get back in the routine. Um, hopefully, I can start getting it out at least every at least every other week. Hopefully, no later than that. But I wanted to get on this one. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit behind the curve on with getting this out, but there's been a lot that has happened. In the past few days, or the past week, probably by the time that you hear this, um, here in Texas, Abbott signed off on seven new gun laws uh, to support 2A rights. And the ATF isn't backing off of trying to criminalize people. So that's pretty much going to be the topic of this podcast, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna stick to that. Um. If any of you have been keeping up with things in the 2A world, a while back the ATF went after pistol braces. When the comment period opened, they got flooded with comments opposing the rule change, and it got enough attention that Congress basically told them what you're doing is unconstitutional and you need to back off. Well, guess what? They didn't. Um, They are going after stabilizing braces again. Um... Long story short, they are wanting to consider anything with a pistol brace um, an SBR. Um, if it's something in in the proposed rule change, basically it's anything with enough material to be can, to be used as a stock. They want to consider it a stock, and therefore it has to be registered. Now, the the proposed rule change is a broad range of criteria that they can use to be able to declare if a pistol with a brace is an SBR. They're wanting to have a um, a checklist of criteria to go off of that's very arbitrary. Um, this is all just bonkers, and if they were to do something like this, it would turn millions of people into felons overnight. Um, and when it comes to SBRs, I just can't my I just can't wrap my head around how they want to claim that a rifle with a 10.5-inch barrel is more deadly than a rifle with a 16-inch barrel. It's it's still a rifle. Y'all, y'all that are listening, you understand where I'm going with this. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Um, it goes to show that there's no logic behind any of this. It's, it's not about public safety. It's about gaining control and trying to find other ways to make people register weapons because... If you have to register weapons, then they know what doors to knock on when they decide, meh, you can't have this anymore. Uh, You know, just saying. Um, The ATF is also still pushing the proposed rule change for 80% receivers and definition of a firearm. Um, If any of you are out there that are like me and enjoy customizing or building your own firearms for your own personal use... 
this is important. What what this boils down to is the ATF being able to dictate what you can and can't do in the privacy of your own home, and and that's no bueno. And and another big thing of what they're trying to do is attack the. They're trying to hinder the um, the companies that are putting these products out, like these eighty percent receivers. They want them to be required everything to be serialized. Um, they don't want it that you can do this in your own home. Uh, re- you know, it doesn't matter if if you're a law-abiding citizen or not. They don't want you to have the means to do this, and it's just it's crazy. It's it's crazy that that's how far they are reaching on this stuff. Now, the comment section is still open for the proposed rule change on braces and eighty percent receivers. So now's the time that. We need to make our voices heard to shut this crap down. Um, I ask everyone to please go to the ATF page, search ATF 2021 R-08 for the pistol brace rule change, and ATF 2021 R-05 for 80% rule, uh, and comment on each of these. Make sure you include the proposed rule listing, which is the 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 ATF 2021 R-08 and the ATF 2021 R-05 in your comment for that specific section that you're commenting on. Um, they require that for the comment to be counted. And be sure that you are professional, you are polite, don't go bad-mouthing the ATF, Um Otherwise, they will throw out the comment, and we need every we need every footing that we can get on this. So, be sure to do your part, make your voices heard. Um, I mean, we can complain all day, but at the end of it, you know, if we don't if we don't make an effort to do anything, then you know we we can't complain. So let's get out there and do that. But moving on from the ATF. Governor Abbott made some big steps um, for Texas by signing seven new gun-related laws. Um, I'm going to go down the list here, talk about each one. Uh, some of it is probably going to be short. This will be a little brief. My opinion, where I think this is going to go. Now, please note, none of this goes into effect until September 1st. Um so let me pull up here, and this is, I'm reading this off of the gov.texas.gov website. All right, now please note I am not a lawyer of any kind, and I am reading this straight off the website and just giving you my honest opinion and thoughts and how I am interpreting this as I read it. So we're going to start with Texas Senate Bill 19 which prohibits any governmental entity from contracting with any business that discriminates against firearm and ammunition businesses or organizations. That's pretty much self-explanatory and makes that action illegal in Texas, so I think that's a good job on that one. Um, Not much to say there. Senate Bill 20 allows guests to store firearms in their hotel rooms. So I think this is a good one. Um... I, I, while it may not make a whole lot of sense, what I think they were going to on this is they're trying to 
consider a hotel for a traveler an extension of one's home. So like they did before, um, you know, used to, we couldn't carry in your vehicle unless you, if you didn't have an LTC, if you didn't have an LTC, the only way you could carry in your vehicle was if you were traveling um, or road tripping or going to the gun range. They were very specific about that. Well, then they changed it over to where you can carry a firearm in your vehicle because they consider your vehicle an extension of your home. And I really think that's where they're going with this one. Uh you know, if somebody's traveling, you know, a lot of places can dictate whether they allow firearms or carry on their premises. This will kind of nip that in the bud when you're traveling. And I don't think that somebody, when they're traveling, should be restricted to being able to leave their firearm into their vehicle because I think that opens opens up to a whole other world of problems such as possible theft um, and then firearms getting into the, you know, your firearms being stolen, getting into hands of illegal criminals, and then, you know, they get used in a terrible manner, and then here we are um, on the news for for criminals doing criminal stuff. But I think that's a good one. I think that's where they were going for for that, and uh, I think that they did a good job. Now, the next one, Texas Senate Bill 550, removes the shoulder or belt holster requirements, allowing Texans to carry firearms in whatever kind of holster they choose. This one, I'm not... So, I really... I really wasn't aware of any specific holster requirements by law for carry. Um, So, this one's kind of... I don't know. It's kind of out there for me. I feel like it's kind of just a filler, but I could be wrong. Um, if I am wrong on this, that there wasn't a Texas law, you know, being specific to what holster requirements they are, uh, you can go and, you know, leave, send me a message on my Instagram page and, you know, help enlighten me a little bit, and maybe I can help enlighten some others that, that weren't aware of this either. But either way it goes, uh, it frees, it's supposed to free up, you know, in, in a holster of any of your choice. Uh, most people I know that carry, they carry a quality holster. I highly recommend everybody carrying a quality holster uh, because your daily carry is only as good as often as you use it, and you want something that's reliable, it's going to be safe, and it's going to be comfortable, and we don't want to have any negligent discharges because... You, you didn't want to fork out a little bit more on a, a good safe holster. So, you know, it's just one more thing uh, adding to it It's that's, you know, it frees people up. Um, that was 550. Let's go. Texas House Bill 957 repeals the criminal offense of possessing, manufacturing, transporting, or repairing a firearm silencer. It also ensures that... Any firearm suppressor manufactured in Texas and that remains in Texas will not be subject to federal law or federal regulation. Okay, this one I feel is kind of tricky. Um, I'm going to kind of try to break this down here a little bit more. I've, I've been doing some research on this. Um, of course, you can't find an absolute 
answers, just been several articles I've been piecing stuff together. But here's my take on this. So, while the state of Texas says they will not enforce federal regulation on suppressors, it does not, you know, suppressors manufactured in the state of Texas, it doesn't specifically mean that the ATF isn't going to enforce it in the state. From the research I've been doing on this, this new Texas law still has to be presented to a federal judge. So while this one sounds good, in reality, it's not going to be the law of the land. Um, Suppressors are still going to be federally regulated. While Texas may support you owning an unregistered suppressor, it doesn't mean that the federal government won't come in and prosecute you for that. So while this law sounds good, um, I wouldn't get my hopes up just yet. Now, let's say the federal government signs off on this. I still think it will be difficult to get a Texas-made suppressor. Now, the reason for that and a couple other research that I was doing, they specified that for the suppressor to be made in Texas, it has to be made by Texas manufactured parts. The the Texas manufactured suppressor has to be manufactured from Texas made parts, materials. So, excuse me, what I take from that is the materials uh, from that have to be sourced all from Texas. It cannot be sourced from out of state. Now, that's going to make things more difficult, and I also think that's really going to drive up the price. Um, you're probably going to get some, if this goes through, you're probably going to get some small businesses that are going to try to do this. And I don't doubt that somebody probably will be able to do it. But if they do do it, the demand for them is going to be high. And I think it's going to be very hard to be able to get your hands on one. And then I also think they're going to be asking a premium, premium price for this. So... You know, that's my opinion on that. Um, from from the research that I've been doing, this is what I understand of this, how this is going to possibly work, what it has to go through there to even be considered into effect. Um, so, like I said, you know, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I could be wrong, but this is this is what I'm 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 seeing from this. Um, Uh, What's the next? That was 957. House Bill 1500 prevents any government entity from prohibiting the sale or transportation of firearms or ammunition during a declared disaster or emergency. So I think this is good. Um, Long story short, it pretty much makes, like, say, for the pandemic or anything like that, it makes firearms manufacturers, firearm stores... Uh, an essential business, um, they they won't be able to shut them down. So I, I think that's good. Everybody needs ammo during a disaster, and they need to be essential. So I, I think they did a good one with that. Um, now, the next one is House Bill 1927, and this is the one that we've all been talking about. This is what's been in the news. This is that's been making the buzz, and that's constitutional carry. House Bill 1927 authorized constitutional carry in Texas, meaning law-abiding Texans can legally carry a handgun without a license to carry. So, while you... I think this is great. I've expressed this. I don't think the government should... 
have the right to tell, you know, give you the right to carry. Um, it is a right granted to us. Uh, it, you know, it's a God-given right, which is enforced by the Constitution or upheld by the Constitution. Um, and it shouldn't be dictated what, you know, the requirements to do this. Now, sorry, I got on a loop with that. But the big thing with this is with the license to carry. Um, even though with constitutional carry, it's great for people like, uh, I'll give an example, my wife. Uh, she's not too adamant about going to take the LTC course, but I would like for her, whenever she travels, to have the means to carry with her. Now, while she could have carried before um, with a vehicle being an extension of the home, now she can actually carry on her purse, in her purse, she can carry on her person, but I can go through laws with her, I can go through training with her, we can train here at home, um, and, and prep her up that way, and if she gets to the point to where she wants to take a class, she's serious about this, you know, it's, I, I will support doing that, because at the end of the day, we're still responsible for knowing the laws, um, we're responsible for what happens, and we need to know when and where we cannot carry. LTC courses have not are nowhere near a safety class like people think they are. Uh, what the news media tries to make them out to be, um, the proficient proficiency shooting portion of it is a joke, in my opinion. Um, they just basically to make sure you just don't shoot yourself, is what it boils down to. Um, the, all, all it is, is a rundown of the laws, basically. It, and it's, it's very brief. Like now it's, it's four hours long. Now, the other thing about, I recommend for people to still get their LTC is if you travel out of state, uh, just because we have constitutional carry does not mean that other states are going to honor that. You're still going to need a license to carry for other states to recognize your concealed carry. So that's that's one thing to consider um, if you if you travel a lot. So I still think there are good benefits to going and getting your LTC and just being done with. It. Like I said, it's like now I think it's like fifty bucks. It's a four hour class. You do it in half a day, you're done. Uh, nothing to it. But I still do think this is awesome. Um, I, I think it's a good step forward for you know, for Texas not, not backing down and, and, and stepping in and, and, you know, supporting, supporting the 2A. Um, last one here is House Bill 2622. So this makes Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state by protecting Texans from new federal gun control regulations. So this has been um, a hot topic in the past. You know, you always hear about people saying, you know, this state's a sanctuary state. This is now going to be good. They can't touch anything. Um, there has been some confusion out there with sanctuary states. So the, the big deal about it is while Texas, um, while they may protect you from, they say they're protecting you from new federal gun control regulations. So what that comes down to is, let's say, um, let's say they ban pistol braces, or say pistol braces have to be considered an SBR and be registered. So what that means is, if the ATF comes into town looking for people. 
that are violating these federal regulations, law, Texas law enforcement are not going to offer the federal government the means to help them carry this out. So you stand. It's not that you can't be federally prosecuted it for for anything to this level where it's you know if they ban something or suppressors or anything like that. It's just that the state of Texas isn't going to help them do it. Is, they want to come down here and do it themselves. That's fine. But the state of Texas is going to tell them that you're not using any of our law enforcement. And you're not using any of our manpower. We're not going to help you do this. If you want to do it, you're going to do it on your own. Um, and I think that's good. I, I think it puts it it kind of ties the hands a little bit of of the ATF and the federal government, and you know, just it's not just going to make it easy for them. So, um, I, I think Texas did a good job overall. Uh, some of this, like I said, I'm not sure of. Some of it, I said, take it with a grain of salt on my opinion. But in the end, I, I think. I think they did a good job trying to trying to get the ball rolling and do some stuff. Um, it's in anything pro two A. I mean, I'll take it even if it's minimal. I'll take it. Um, is they're making the effort to protect the right of their citizens, and and that's the way it, that's the way it should be. Um, this one's this podcast is going to be a little. This episode is going to be a little short, guys. I don't have much else going on from here. I am going to work on in the future, getting some more interviews on, uh, talk to some more people, cover some more topics, and you know, hopefully some lo- support some local Texans on here. So until then, uh, if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, go follow me on Instagram at Concealed Carry Texas Podcast, and uh, please leave a review and let me know what you think. Until next time, guys, stay strapped and stay safe. Later.